and a privilege to welcome back Ubuti Untlaganipo Ndombele. He's a real estate agent and of course uh, he also deals in property. Brantlaganipo, happy Tuesday. Good morning this morning. How are you, man? I'm well, thanks. How about you? After hearing that song you just played, I feel like it's going to be a great day. Do <laughs> 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 you love your jazz? I, I, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, a bit definitely. of R&B in between. Definitely, man. <laughs> You're the man. You're the man. Eh? We can we can compare notes from time to time. These things can help. But Laganipo, hey, buying property. A lot of people last week were like, yeesh. Yeah, oh, had a lot to say, but a lot that uh, means a lot as well. Because just when we think we understand what is at play, we, we really do not. Do you find that? Sorry, could you please repeat that? Now I'm saying just when we think, many of us, uh, just when we think we understand things and we know what's going on, particularly if we are not in your position, we suddenly realize that uh, we actually do not know a lot. There's a lot we need to learn. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's, there's, there's a lot that everyone still needs to learn. I think I'm still learning um, a few new things here and there as well, but... Uh, the more you do your research and the more you interact with people in the property space, the more uh, you'll just naturally catch on and you won't make small mistakes like some um, first-time buyers sometimes make. Those mistakes, what, what's top of mind? Top of mind is you see a house, you fall in love with it, and the agent offers you, it gives you the offer to purchase and you sign on the dotted line immediately. Um, I say that's a mistake because you probably haven't really inspected the house properly. Um, you you are envisioning yourself already living there and you did not probably negotiate the price either. Uh, so you looked at it, you made a very, very emotional decision. And we all know that when your emotions are running high, that's not the best time to, to be making decisions. That's the time maybe to consult with a partner, um, a friend or whoever you trust who can assist you with the process. Yeah, because also sometimes there's this pressure, I don't know whether it comes from us uh, needing to occupy space or also comes from maybe the, 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 the estate agent or the seller for us to buy before we've satisfied ourselves with our checklist. Listen, yeah, that is true. Uh, pressure does come and you do, you will feel it. Um, especially if it's a property that's um, in a in a really good area, maybe that's in high demand, and you can see that a lot of people are interested in it. So you will feel that itch and need to to need to sign immediately. You know, uh, don't get me wrong. You can sign immediately if you feel like you've done your proper due diligence and you're not making an emotional decision. But if you are slightly unsure, rather be sure because property is a long-term investment. If you decide to sign today, then realize tomorrow that you've made a mistake. It's not something that you can go back on and say, hey, I've changed my mind. Um, I think the threshold is 250000 where if you purchase a property, you can come back tomorrow and say, um, I've changed my mind with a property only less than 250000 After that threshold, you cannot do that. So obviously, even if you have the money, you are ready to buy and all of that, you, you still would encourage that people must just cool off a little bit, take it easy, give it, what, a week or two, 
just looking around and just checking maybe the property out if you're able to go out and check it out physically because now with COVID people probably are scared yeah. of going to open houses I wouldn't say um, there's a time frame specifically that you would need to, to wait until you can sign because um, another op- another person who falls in love with the exact same property, you take too long, will sign for that property, and you could potentially lose out on an opportunity. You know, so I would say, view the property, go home, um, get a friend, get your partner, someone else that you trust, do a second viewing, let the sick let get a second opinion from someone else, and if you're going as a couple. Go and fetch your best friend or whoever and view the property with them. You can do it on the same day or even the next day. This will help you. This, this will enable you to be able to see it the second time around. I'd say do it at two different times of the day. So something like the morning and the evening. Just so you can see also the neighborhood. What type, what type of neighborhood is this when you're driving through in the morning versus what it looks like in the evening. So it's not just about the property itself. It's also about the surroundings of the property and the community that you're going to be moving into. If you see that um, at 4 p.m., it's a, it's a big party <laughs> and you viewed it uh, <laughs> early in the morning and you did not know that, when you move in, you'll never, you, no one would have lied to you and not told, no one is going to tell you that at 4 p.m., this place is a party. You know what I mean? So definitely just do it two different times of the day. Um, and, t- and have a second uh, opinion from like your friend or trusted family member. I tell you, that would be one of the th- few things that many of us ignore and and take for granted. Your surroundings, the, the, the area in which you're going to be living in. Yeah, because um, I, I think many of us get taken up by this beautiful house, probably well situated but forgetting all these other factors as to whether uh, maybe is it a rowdy neighborhood uh, is the security um are people walking up and down maybe at seven in uh, seven in the evening and how are you going to deal with that yeah considering it's going to be your home that you're going to be living in like for a couple of years like i really would recommend minimum two times. I would honestly go in the morning, uh, uh, in the evening, and also even at night, just to take a drive around and see what does this place look like at night? Is it really dark? And would I feel safe with my partner driving here at night? Or um, is it an area where you can clearly see the security patrolling? Um, It's a safe neighborhood and I'm okay with, and I feel comfortable with living here. In, in in terms of checking the, the structural condition of uh, the property, what is it that one is allowed to do? Either you're doing a private sale or you, you have the assistance, uh, assistance of a real estate agent. What is it that you're allowed to do? Can you bring like a, sp- a specialist plumber to look for uh, leaks, maybe somebody to check uh, for mold and other things? Yes, so uh, you, you can, because there's certain things that we won't be able to see from our own eyes. You can definitely bring in um, a professional property inspector who will be able to tell you the extent of damage in the home. Uh, property inspectors will even go into the roof, which is something we don't do on viewing. They'll go into the roof and they'll check for you if there's any roof damage, if there's any leaks, 
um, how much it would potentially cost cost you to fix all of the leaks and any uh, structural damage that is on the property. So that is something that no one can prevent you from doing. Um, and if somebody does try to prevent you from uh, inspecting the property in that manner, then I would say definitely stay away from it because there's something that they're hiding and that you'll find out in five years' time when the owner has moved out of the country and the real estate agent has retired. <laughs> so um, I'd say, yes, if you feel like um, if you feel like the, this property, I'm not really sure about this damage here or you just want to make sure, whatever reason, you can definitely bring someone in who will assist you with that process. The real estate agent is supposed to um, let you know, supposed to let you know um, of any damages, specifically structural damages, because those are things that are in the offer to purchase to say that um, the the seller must disclose um, property damages and you as the buyer must acknowledge that you know that you are buying a property that has these defects. Sure. Now, at what stage does that happen? Just before you buy? Or is this going to potentially influence your decision to decide to buy? So this is something um, I would say should happen during the viewing. Uh, The seller is meant to uh, openly tell the estate agents what the damages are on the property and then the agent must take you through um, all the damages. If you're interested in purchasing, um, they will take you through and tell you that, listen, the property does have a a, a roof leakage that does have a problem with the pool, maybe the system is not working properly. Um, Whatever structural damages might be there, the agent should take you through that and you should go see it. And if you are happy to buy even with those damages, then completely go for it. But do not just accept uh, and say, I'm, I'm, I love this house, I'm willing to take it as is. Negotiate the price, get quotes to find out how much it's going to cost you to fix it, and use that as a bargaining chip in your negotiation. Sure. So obviously you can build in the plumber into the price negotiation and yeah. uh, any other person that you bring forth. Definitely, definitely. Um, I usually, if I'm, if I'm helping you to do a property, um, I would already have quotes in place for you so you have an understanding. I'd still, you'd st- I'd still be open and willing for someone to come in, a third party, if you feel uncomfortable with some of the quotes. But um, I would have quotes ready in hand for you to say, um, this is the damage, this is how much it would cost you to fix it, um, and this is a quote from a reputable um from a reputable contractor as well, that just to make the process easier for you. We're talking to Uputntlaganipo and Dombela, property investor and real estate agent, uh, talking about uh, when you're getting property. Now, this applies both to your standalone house or when you buy into the complex? It applies both ways. It applies both ways. There's less, um, there's less damage from what I've seen. Uh, in extent, there's less damage in people who are living in like apartments uh, in complexes compared to standalone houses because they don't have the issue of um, roof leakages and uh, stuff like that. So that would explain the rules that uh, always apply when you live in in complexes. In a way, it's designed to help you should you want to sell. Yeah, it is designed to help you. Um, However, you will be always limited uh, to what property 
in that complex is doing, what other people are doing with their properties in that complex. Uh, you need to make sure that the complex you're moving into is one that um, does not have a bad connotation around it because over time, uh, people will just not want to live in the complex and it won't be about your house, your apartment. They just won't want to live in the complex because of the people inside or maybe the way it's being maintained. Uh, so that's something that's very important upon your viewing is to see if this, if this place is being maintained because that will give you an indication to the type of people who live there. Now also, here I am, got this house, very excited. Yeah. Yeah. Um, many of us tend to forget insurance. It, it always is uh, an afterthought thing. I don't. I, I wonder if people factor it into um, just just to the activation of the sale to say, yeah. okay, um, I've worked out that in this area, this kind of property, a ballpark figure I should have from the onset is this much to secure insurance yeah, so insurance in a in a in an estate or a complex um they will standardly usually have um building insurance if they do not have building insurance that's a big red flag that's a big red flag the banks firstly won't give you um a loan to purchase in a in an estate or a complex that does not have building insurance because if something goes wrong and um it burns down then your property is gone and like it's just gone and there's nothing you can do about it. So definitely um, in, a, in a security estate, it's, you definitely know that if you're buying in it and the, the, banks, the banks will do their due diligence to make sure that there is building insurance. And if you're buying a standalone house, um, it's not necessarily the same. However, I, do, I would recommend you get it because accidents do happen. Um, the neighbor's house might burn down and it might affect your house. There's flooding that happens sometimes, um, as we've seen in recent history in South Africa. And these are things that can completely ruin your investment. And if you are protected against it, you're in a better position than someone who's not. And, you know, many businesses would rather deal with uh, a reputable firm as opposed to an individual uh, because it's easy to do research on a firm as opposed to an individual. Faced with an individual, how would one then verify the kind of information they get before they decide to deal with Agent X uh, with regards to the property at hand? So you mean um, uh, private sales versus uh, using an estate agent? Yeah, so sometimes an estate agent is is, is aligned to a, f- a firm, a big firm, a yes, reputable yes. firm, and sometimes they're probably starting out on their own, still okay. need to make their, their name in the business. Uh, obviously, generally, I would say maybe a firm is better than, uh, you know, a, an independent estate agent. But then on the flip side, this estate agent could come from a reputable firm and have learned the best practices and they can be just mm. as good. So one thing I'll say is both 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 estate agents could be amazing and both estate agents could be the worst people you've ever come across. And I say this because someone who's going out on their own, um, you might find that they they do come from um, a reputable firm and they've just decided, you know what, I don't want to work for company X anymore. I would like to, I think I've learned the skills and the people skills and the the knowledge to be able to go out and do this on my own. And they go and they start their own business and they implement 
um, the, the same principles that they had learned, and uh, and that and that's something that I I don't think is, 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 that's not a person I think is in a worse of position than someone who's working for a reputable company, because they, you always hear complaints about estate agents, um, and that's because honestly, some estate agents are running after the the money just to make the quick commission from the deal, and you can see it by the way they pressure you potentially into buying rather than having your best interests at heart. Someone who has your best interests at heart will will not try convince you to buy a property. However, they will show you the property and they will tell you everything that is great and amazing about it. Um, if you feel like you're if they feel like you are not interested, they will help you to find something that you are interested in. Not to try pressure you to buy something that they are selling. Now, the issue around costs, uh, many of us are always taken by surprise. Is it because we don't know or, we, or we, we've done our homework and we have our own ballpark figures in terms of uh, the costs that are going to be involved given the, the selling price? So the selling price, um, selling price is just, it, it, it's a price that someone else is willing to pay. So the market value of a property is purely that. If someone is willing to pay for it, then that's the price. So generally how you can identify market values, seeing what other properties in the same area are selling for. It's very easy if it's in a if it's in an estate because all those properties are generally very similar and don't they don't differ much. So their property values will be very similar. So and in a standalone house the prices might differ based on your house has a pool, my house doesn't. Your house maybe has a, um, four bedrooms, mine has five bedrooms or something like that. So property values differ and it's a good question to ask and it's a very valid question to ask the estate agent selling the property, how did they come to the value of this property? They should be able to give you an answer and if not, then you should hammer them down when you're negotiating. <laughs> But you always meet up with, do you want the property or not? Somebody else is interested. You know, the, the, those little emotional persuasions of sorts. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a that's a very cheeky one, and that's when you should be objective and uh, use your head and not your heart. If you feel like this property, you can get it somewhere else cheaper. Just walk away. Wait two days and see what the agent says. You walk away. Tell the agent that. This is what you want to make an offer for, and they'll get back to you if they are interested and walk away. Hey, but it's never easy. Once you fall in love, uh, yeah, I do understand that sometimes if you do fall in love with the property and honestly, everything about it is 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 in perfect shape, then go for it. Um, It's not always, it's not always. Uh, good to just negotiate for the sake of negotiating. If you believe the house is worth what you see it, um, then then take it as is. The reason for negotiating is to is to is because you believe that the value that it's listed at is is not its true worth. So if you have fallen in love with it um, and you look at the price and you think it, it's not worth it, then I don't know. Have you really fallen in love with it? That is the question. Hey, yeah. love versus how much? <laughs> it's a difficult one. It's a difficult one, but it's 
decisions that we need to make and it's a decision that you can make once um, and you'll be comfortable to know for the next five, seven, ten years how mm. you start to live in the property that I made a good decision. Sure. And it's not one I'm going to regret. So all the more reason, do your homework, do your research and be very comfortable that uh, you, you know where, how far you can push, if you will. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Now, but I've, I've I've had people talk about certificates, particularly when it comes to electricity. How does that work? So you need um, an electrical compliance certificate when you are sell- when you are purchasing a home. Sorry, when you are selling your home. So the seller needs to provide an electrical compliance certificate that is no longer than two years old, um, and they do this just to make sure to protect you as a buyer to make sure that everything electrical and there's no electrical issues with the home and then with the houses on the coast they usually will have your your beetle certificates um because they did those insects that eat away at um at, at the home that are potentially there yes. so those are certificates that you you need to have and then if you have a gas installation and not like a normal stove for example then you need your gas um, certificates as well to make sure that that the system the gas system of the home is in proper order. So all of these certificates are to protect um, the buyer when they are purchasing and to protect actually also the bank uh, because they are giving you money to purchase this house. They want to make sure that the money they're giving you um, is not going to go down the drain because of some big electrical issue that, you, that you're going to have. Final question, Bundlaganipo. For a first-time buyer, particularly young people, first job, they've done well over five years, save enough money, ready to get into the property market. Can, can they kind of approach someone like you uh, to talk them through what it is that they need to look out for, what they need to do? Because maybe instead of buying this year, uh, they could probably be ready next year. Yeah, definitely. You can approach someone who has good reviews, an estate agent who has um, good reviews, uh, good reputation to assist you in the buying process, to help you firstly understand the full buying process, how long it takes, um, and then breaking down from which area and what type of property you are looking for to um, the costs involved when you are going to be purchasing this property. Because as we know, there are your transfer costs when you are buying and when you are buying property so definitely can contact me at any given point in time um, i have an instagram account where you can contact me and it's at, at i am underscore dombela same on facebook at i am underscore dombela um definitely you can contact me and i can assist you with the process of purchasing your first home or purchasing your first investment uh, you and i are going to have tea <laughs> and some ginger cakes and, of course, and, and talk over this. Yeah, definitely. And you can share some some music with me. <laughs> yeah, sorted, sorted. Right, but like right, once okay. again, uh, you know, we might take this for granted sometimes, even if we've bought before. But uh, any additional piece of information is always helpful because so the you know oh, the space changes you. all the time. And, uh, you know, thank you so much uh, for waking up so early and sharing this information with us because uh, sometimes we'll ask even the simplest questions because clarity is, is the best thing you could have. Absolute pleasure, my brother. Uh, Enjoy your day, yeah? Have a good one. Put in Tlaganipo and Dombela. I am uh, Dombela underscore. He's on Instagram and on, uh, you know.